morning, good morning, good morning to you on this happy Mother's Day. We want a big shout out to all of our mothers. Uh, to my mom, I miss her dearly. A uh, big shout out to all of you who are moms. Happy Mother's Day to you. Those of you who will be moms in the future, happy Mom's Day to you. My girls who are awesome mothers and my wife who is an awesome mom as well. Uh, just happy Mother's Day. Hope uh, it's a great day for you and that you know that you are blessed and that uh, we need you. We are talking about engaging Jesus. And uh, I'm excited about today's message. Uh, a lot of good stuff here uh, about two people that kind of show us some really important stuff. Uh, but what we're talking about is this engaging Jesus. And, and, the, and the two ways that we're trying to focus our attention is on our personal engagement with Jesus. That's critical and most important. And we're going to see that in today's uh, message in, in the, the, the text that we're going to dig into here in a minute. But also then, Jesus' engagement through us. Like, those two things have to be happening. It comes in and it goes out and it comes in and it goes out. And it's got to keep doing it. It's like a, a freshwater river. It's got to keep flowing. we got to be out there in the world letting Jesus use us, emptying ourselves for the kingdom of God, letting God fill us again, staying fresh. And that's what we want to do. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus' engagement with a couple young women. And these two young women are sisters. They're sisters. And uh, one of them is going to ask Jesus a really big question. And then Jesus is going to have a really big answer. And not just for them, but for you and for me and for anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus this text is going to be so very, very important. So we're in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to put it on the screen. If you have your Bibles, go there with me. There's nothing like opening your Bible, having the scripture right here in front of you, and then underlining, circling, writing in the margins, things that God reveals to you or opens your heart to or your mind to. So always be doing that as you're reading the word be ready to be a student of the Word of God. Here we go. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? <clears throat> Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So here's this engagement, another engagement. Jesus had a number of engagements as you read through the Gospels and so many others that, we, that are not recorded that we'll never even know about, but there's so many good ones in the scripture. And we've been trying, I've been trying to point out those engagements and then what happened and questions that were asked and how Jesus treated people and how he handled people and how he responded to people and their, their issues and their questions and their concerns. And this is another one. This is a really good one for, for us just to kind of like 
See the real Jesus, like the real human Jesus that came to this earth and, and how he just interacted with people. Because that's how God wants to interact with people through us. So this is really, really important stuff. Well, here's what's going on. First of all, they go, uh, this takes place in a, in a town or a village called Bethany. Bethany. Now, Bethany is, is uh, right here. It's near Jerusalem. It's not far from Jerusalem at all. And what's been going on here is Jesus in year three, the third year of his ministry, remember, he's going to go through that third year and then it's all going to come to an end. Third year. He's been in Galilee. He went to Perea where he's been doing some teaching and now he's crossed over the Jordan River and he's come to Judea. And the third year is going to end with Jesus in Bethany going to Jerusalem and that triumphal entry and then that final week of his life. And so we're getting close to that. We're in the third year and he has come to the, the town of Bethany. And I love this because um, what happens is verse 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples. So it's like, you know, it's like the picture shows. It's Jesus and his group of 12, probably some others that have attached themselves that are just following along. They're all just kicking up dust as they're moving down the streets and the towns and the, the roads and through the desert and through the hills. And they are making their way to Bethany. And I, I love that about Jesus because they're on their way. It says Jesus and his disciples were on their way. This is the traveling Jesus. This is not the sit in the pew Jesus. This is not sit at home and wait for people to come to us Jesus. This is the Jesus who is going to go. He's the going Jesus. He's told us to go into all the world because he is a going Jesus, meeting new people, always available to people, creating opportunities to come in contact with people. He's the traveling Jesus, and he's teaching his disciples to be the same. Like, like Jesus is traveling, they're traveling with Jesus, they're learning, this is how it's done. We go to the world, we don't wait for the world to come to us. Always be out and about, involved. That's what Jesus is doing. And that's what the disciples of Jesus do. They are rubbing shoulders with the world. That's the example that we have in Jesus. And so what happens is he comes to the village where this woman by the name of Martha opened her home to them. Now, this is Martha. Martha. She seems to be, uh, at least uh, what we're, the scholars believe, is that this is the eldest of three siblings. It's going to be Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. She's the oldest, probably a widow. Uh, don't know what happened to her husband, but he doesn't seem to be in the picture. And she has a home. And she seems to be uh, not maybe wealthy or rich, but she has means. She, she has money. She's not poor. And so she opens her house to Jesus and the disciples would believe in or they stayed maybe uh, somewhere nearby. Uh, probably all stayed at her house. When we would go on our mission trips to Haiti, 
30 of us would all meet in Haiti and uh, people from all over the country, groups, you know, four from here, five from here, six from here. We'd all meet in one place. We'd all stay at the same house, rented out a house. We'd slept, sleep on the floors, up in different rooms, different places of the house. You put out your pallet, a piece of foam about yay thick, and you, that's where you sleep. That's your, that's your spot for the week. And uh, so I can imagine that's kind of how it is with this. They're like, there's corners of the house. You guys get the corners of the house and uh, we're just camp out. We're just gonna make it a big uh, fest here. And so they come to her home and she lives in Bethany. Remember later on in this third year, Jesus is gonna raise her brother Lazarus from the dead. Remember, she, he's, gonna, he's gonna be gone. Lazarus is gonna die. Uh, four days later, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. That's going to all happen right here in Bethany later on. And so Bethany, because it's so close to Jerusalem, is going to be like this staging town for Jesus and the disciples. And here, here's the thing. These people are good friends. I mean, Jesus and Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they, they have come to know each other and they love each other and they are friends. These are good friends and good friends. And so what happens is in verse 39, Martha has a sister and her name is Mary. So we got Martha and we got Mary and these are sisters. And as the story unfolds, what happens is they are acting just like sisters, right? Sisters have good moments where they love each other and everything is wonderful and sisters have moments where they can't stand each other and they're, they're you know, going at it. Siblings do that. Brothers, we never do that, do we? Yes, we do that. And uh, sisters do that too. So it's just part of the family dynamic, right? We know that these things happen. Well, they're acting like sisters and they have a brother Lazarus who is alive at this point, but he's not mentioned in this passage at all. So we're not sure where Lazarus is, but Mary and Martha, you know, they each have their own personalities. They're not, they're not twins. They're years apart. And uh, they each have their own interests. They each have their own likes and their own wants. And they kind of think differently about things just like siblings do. So it's, it's totally normal. They're drawn to different things. What's important to one isn't so important to another. Usually the oldest tends to be the more responsible and the youngers tend to let them, right? That's what happens. That's what happens, right? And so here's what we find. We find Mary, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to Jesus, right? That's what's happening. She's just sitting there, like sitting there just zoned in to what Jesus is teaching and what he's saying. Probably from the moment Jesus began to teach, she just plopped herself down near the table and she is thirsty and she is digging and she is hungry for the word of God. She's just hearing Jesus talk and she's like zoomed in on Jesus. Like a, like a disciple would, like a student would. Like, like when you're in a class and that you, you love the teacher and you, 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 you uh, are excited about the topic and they're, they're really good at, at presenting it. 
You just kind of like lose yourself in what they're saying. It's like you're trying to imagine it. You're trying to digest it and, and contemplate it. And, and you're just zoned in. And that's what Mary has done. She's like in. She's like acting as if she's a true disciple. And, and apparently she is. And, and the thing is, she's not going, you know, like she's not going to miss this opportunity to listen to Jesus. She ain't going to blow this. She's not going to miss this. Can you imagine having Jesus come to your house? And he sits down at the couch or at the table and he's teaching or talking about the things of heaven. And you're over there on your cell phone texting away. Or you got the remote and you're zoned into the TV and you're totally ignoring Jesus. Could you imagine doing that? We don't do that, do we? Yeah, of course we do that. We do do that. We have opportunity to learn and grow, and we're zoned into something else. We're thinking about things that are going to happen after worship rather than being focused in worship, right? And, and that's what's kind of going on here. But, I, but, but can you imagine like being Mary and being Martha, and then they're not just listening to somebody read the scripture or read the text. They are listening to the one who is the scripture, who is the truth, and who is the text. They have Jesus in their living room, the living word of God, and Mary is not going to miss the opportunity to take in everything she can. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, that, that's, that's spot on. Right? That's spot on. And how many times, how many times do we miss what God has for us or what he's doing or what he's leading us toward because we're distracted by the things and the cares of the world? Right? How many times does that happen to us? In verse 40, Martha is distracted. Martha's distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made, right? They, they have to be made. These things are musts, right? They had to be made, distracted. Remember, though, on Martha's defense, this is her home, right? She has, like, everything on her mind, all the details. Like, she's invited Jesus in. He's got a bunch of disciples. And now she's got to think, man, I've got to get things in order. i got to, like, have things for them. i got to feed them. I've got to make sure they have clean linens. And, you know, like, like when a crowd comes to your house or when guests come to your house, when you invite people over, even if it's just family, all the things that you do. All the things that need to be done, from the bedding to the cleaning to the uh, groceries to, to just tidying up and dusting stuff that probably hasn't been dusted in months. And Martha's being responsible with her home and with all of the physical things that need to be done. But in this case, in this case, because of this circumstance and because who it is that is coming to her home, Martha has allowed the physical things of her little world to push out 
the spiritual things that are far more important. And Mary, Mary, she's like, it's not my house. It's not my job. I'm just going to plop down here and listen to Jesus. You know, I think we can all relate to what Martha is going through, right? I think we can all relate. Like, you know, when people are coming over, we're thinking, are, are the drinks cold? Like, are they on ice? You know, are, are we going to have drinks for people? We got tea, we got Pepsi, we got Coke Prime. What if they don't like that? We got, you know, whatever. We got all this bottled water. We're ready to go, right? Did someone wash their feet when they came in? Did we, did we make sure we got the basin and the towel and the water to wash feet? Did we, did we take care of that detail? Are the doilies soiled? You know, let's clean them up. Take them out and wash them. Floors clean. Are the toilets scrubbed? You know, all the things... That, that we all get consumed with when we know people are coming to our home. We all do it. You know, we want things to be perfect when we have guests. And, and you know, really, there isn't anything wrong with that. We, we do not want people, some of this is selfish, we don't want people to think we live like slobs. Okay, we just don't. We don't want people to come into our house and go, man, big pen here. Or we don't want that. And if you go to someone's house and they do live like that, then they don't care, right? They truly just don't seem to care what you think about their pig pen. Anyhow, the problem though, the problem with all of this and with Martha and what's going on here is that the devil, what this shows us, is the devil will use these things to distract us. All the things that are responsible and, and things that we should like care for and take care of and, and be thoughtful about can also be used to distract us, to pull us away from the greater, the more important. And Mary's like, like, it's not my job. And, and, and Martha's like, you know, I could use some help. I'm trying to run around and do all this stuff, and I, I just don't have enough hands. I could really use some help. Mary, you know, but she's not having it. And so Martha does what she thinks is best and like so many other people when they come to Jesus and they ask him a question or they say something to Jesus later on they go oh man that was the dumbest thing I could have ever done I should have never brought it up and here it goes so she came to Jesus and she said Lord don't you care don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself tell her to help me Wow, there's a lot right here. And this is all of us. Martha's our mouthpiece. She's going to be the one out on the hanger. But, but we're all guilty of a lot of things right here. First of all, she's like telling Jesus, she's, Jesus, you tell her to help me. Like, who's commanding who now, right? Like, Martha is going to tell Jesus what to do. Are you for real? Like that, that's insane. And well, we would never do that, would we? We would never tell Jesus what to do. We would never tell God what to do, would we? We would never command him to do what we want him to do, would we? And, and while we feel for Martha, because her sister has left her to do all the chores, all the work, all the duties, this seems a bit dramatic. You know, it just seems a little over the top, a little dramatic. And if you have children, you know, if you have children or siblings in your home that live under you, you see this kind of stuff played out all the time. The drama is just incredible. More kids, more drama. 
And it gets a little crazy and sometimes it's way over the top and it's very dramatic and it's like, what? Calm down, right? And so she dumps on Jesus, she dumps on Jesus the question. And it's a big question. I mean, this is an intense question. I don't know about you, but I would never say this to Jesus, I don't think. Even though we all have. She asks the big question. The big question is, Jesus, or Lord, don't you care? Lord, don't you care? Let's just hang out here for a minute. Lord, don't you care? Now, we, we see what's going on for Martha. And we see where, where her boiling point has gotten. <laughs> and now she's coming to Jesus to tell him what to do. And she's going to look at Jesus and say, Lord, don't you care? You know, you and I would never say this out loud. We would never say, God, don't you care? But I can guarantee you, we have all thought it. We have all thought this. Like, like, hello, I'm down here. I'm struggling. I could use some help. Like, how, how many things have to go wrong? How bad of a year does this have to be? Don't tell me you've never done it, said it, thought it. Real sincere, too. We're not trying to be mean or blame God or anything. We're just being sincere. Like, I really could use some help. Like, our humanness. In our humanness, we're like, God, we need your help. And it's sincere. It's not evil. But we've all been right here. I'm going to make a statement, okay? I'll make a statement, and you say, don't you care, okay? I'm going to say a statement. You say, don't you care? Ready? Here we go. We can't pay our bills this month. I've been there, right? I can't pay my bills this month. Don't you care? My car just died. Don't you care? What do you mean he's sick or dying? Don't you care? I lost my job. We have no income. Don't you care? My puppy got hit by a truck. Don't you care? And see, here's the thing. We, we, we've all thought this. Because life comes at us hard sometimes. Sometimes in groups, like number of things all happen in the same day, maybe the same week. Same month, same year. And we've all thought this. We've all felt this. Don't you care? And the resounding response comes back from heaven. And the response is, yes, God cares. Yes, he does care. He cares more than you will ever know. In fact, one glimpse, one look at the cross confirms without a doubt, that God totally, completely cares. But the kingdom priorities and the earthly priorities are vastly different. They're miles apart. And from time to time, the physical, fleshly life we all feel it, right? We all feel the pressure. And we feel like, 
God, where are you? God, we just need you to show up, God. Where are you? And we feel the pressure and the stress of life coming on us. And Martha, she is feeling it in this moment. You, we can look at it and go, kind of silly things, Martha. Nobody's died here. There's no, it's not a matter of life and death and stuff like that. This is just, you know, household preparations that you're, you're kind of freaking out again about. But Martha is feeling the pressure and she has snapped. She has snapped. And the reason we know she has snapped is because she's frantically running around trying to do everything. And then she goes to Jesus, who is the son of God, and she's going to tell Jesus what he should do. Like, like Jesus, Mary's not listening to me. Can you please tell her without the word please? She didn't really say please. She just said, tell her what, that she should help me. And so she's, she's, she's boiled over, you know, she is boiling over and uh, she's, she's getting a little crazy. And Jesus responds with a very big answer. Verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, 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 Martha. Now, now we got to take a second for this. Martha, Martha, you see these two words together when it's doubled up like that. There's a sense of love and compassion here. Like it's gentle and it's respectful. It's like, like Jesus is sad that she is feeling stress and she's kind of losing it at the moment. And she, he looks at her and he's got compassion. He's got pity. He's got love. And it's all tied up with disappointment as well. It's like, Martha, Martha, do you just need a hug right now? You know, you just need a hug, Martha. The, there's a couple other times we see this, this, this Martha, Martha thing. When, when Jesus says, Simon, Simon. Remember Peter? And then he said, Satan has asked to sift you. But I have prayed for you, Simon. Like Peter's about to do something he shouldn't. Another time is when, when it, uh, Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You see, here it's Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. It's a sense of love, pity, but disappointment that, that their mind and their heart are on the wrong things. But there's love. There's love for her there. And um, Jesus says, you're, you're worried. You're upset about many things. But few things are needed. Really only one. And he's just kind of like helping her zoom in. Like, like yeah, there's a lot of things in your life, in your world that you're thinking about and going through and needing, thinking you need to get done. But you know what? Really, there's, there's, just, there's just one thing that you need most right now, Martha. And then he says, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Worried and upset. Jesus says, you are worried and upset. That word means cumbered. It means a cumbered, cumbered, like, 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 like being enclosed or being squeezed about serving, about doing your duties. 
It literally means being dragged in different directions, overwhelmed. That's what he's saying to her. Mary, uh, Martha, Martha, you are, you, are, you are moving in different directions. You're all over the place. About many things, all of them earthly. And he says, you know, what started as an exciting day, Jesus is coming, the disciples are coming, and, 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 and Martha is excited to open her house to them, has now turned into stress and turmoil. How many times has that happened to you and to me, where, where, where it started out really good, like something awesome is about to happen, and it turns into just a lot of details and stressing and, 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 and going crazy over stuff doesn't matter much really I do this I do this a lot a lot I'm ADD like that you know I just everything's got to be perfect and right too much stress too much worry he says but only a few things are needed only one and look what he says Mary Mary has nailed it like Mary the younger has nailed it and the older who's wiser is all over the place. It's an important lesson for us, right? But it says, Mary has chosen. That is, means that by her own will, her own choice, her own decision, she's made the right choice. She has put herself where she should be right now in this moment, sitting at the table listening to Jesus, right? And he says, she has chosen what is better, which is better. In other words, the other is not unimportant. It, it's, not, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just in this context, it's not the priority. It isn't what's better. It's really what's lesser that Martha has chosen to zoom in on. She has chosen, Mary has chosen to feast on the bread of life, to be busy in the presence of Jesus, absorbing and listening to kingdom truth. And you are busy with the food preparation and the physical meal that, that we need, but isn't that critical right now. Mary and Martha, two young women, two sisters, acting just like sisters. And here's our, here's our takeaway for today, and we're done. There you go. Ready? Number one, Martha, Martha, shows us that while there are many things to be done in this world and in our lives and in our homes, some are far more important. Your eternal soul is the priority. Martha shows us the priority of the soul by getting it wrong. But that's what she shows us. God uses Martha to help you and me not do the same thing. Like, let's, let's learn. Let's learn from this. Takeaway number two, Mary, Mary shows us how to make the most of an amazing, great opportunity. Like she has this opportunity and she's not going to trade it in for anything. Worship, digging into God's truth, Never pass it up, not for anything, even a pandemic. 
Don't pass it up if you have the opportunity to sit in worship, to worship with others, to come under the Lord's teaching and listen to the word of God. Never pass it up. Never. Jesus engages with these two young women. And what we learn are two great lessons, two amazing lessons. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you. And, and may we go and, and learn from these sisters, like learn from these two sisters right here, that we would be less consumed with the world and the stresses of life, just relax, and be more, more consumed with listening to the truths of God's eternal word, the bread of life. Father, help us to, to learn, help us to grow, help us to feast on Jesus in a world that is feasting on everything but Jesus. God, help us to be faithful as we approach more and more the end of it all. And your return, God, help us to be found faithful and looking and waiting for you. We love you so much. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. Happy Mother's Day.